Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about vocation and ministry here in North Portland. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And today we have a very special guest. You made fun of me for calling all of our guests very special. I was just going to say that. <laughs> every, every single guest is very special. I... I said that at some point I'm going to have on a guest who is not that special. Sort of moderately special. But I don't I don't have any friends like that. I like all of my friends a lot. So uh, I mean, very special just sounds like something that my my grandma tells me, you know. Yeah. Oh, you're very special. You're very child special. You're mm-hmm. very special. Well, our guest today is very special. <laughs> I I mean that. Uh, our friend Jay Brabant. Brabant. Am I getting that right? Yes. Brabant. Jay Brabant. And you are the pastor at Journey Three? Yes. Yes. Um, well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and uh, how long you've been doing ministry, because you've been in ministry for quite some time now. Are you saying Jay's old? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I. There's no way out of this. <laughs> um, well, um, we moved here from Iowa in two, summer of 2010. Um, been lived in Iowa pretty much the whole time before that. Um, I had a uh, brother that uh, uh, talked with me a lot about the faith when I was in junior high and he was in college and he was involved in something called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And so when I went to college after the rocky first year, I found InterVarsity and got involved and that was really my my beginnings of my choice of faith. I'd been grown up going to church, but that was when I first chose it. And so then I went on staff with InterVarsity after I graduated from college and was on staff for 10 years. And um, then uh, gradually worked my way through seminary and and, um, got into a church plant in Iowa. Um, let's that? let's let's pull back just for a sec because uh, I was about done. InterVarsity <laughs> <laughs> um, is a different kind of ministry than anything we've talked about before. What kinds of uh, work were you doing with InterVarsity? Um, you know, InterVarsity has changed over the years, but it, it's it's uh, an, an evangelical um, ministry. It's it's they want to be interdenominational. That's a big thing with InterVarsity. Uh, student leadership is a big thing. Um, it it's, was much more so when I was on staff. So I, at one time, I worked with seven campuses. Um, so I Whoa. definitely didn't lead the groups. I trained leaders and worked with leaders, and they led the groups. And now that I don't think that's done as much with university staff. I think they tend to be on one or two campuses. But um, but it's good ministry. I, it, I really I learned I learned how to do ministry through university. That's fantastic. And so you moved from there. You were there for ten years, and then you moved on to this church plan. And how did that come yeah. about? Well, when I was in seminary, I was, I was, uh, um, I really went to seminary not wanting to get into church ministry because I had not been in a church really that I was that excited about, and and um, and so much good can happen on campus, and I never had students say to me. Um, well, we've never done it that way before, you know, and, and, and every year we could, we could totally change our, our ministry, we could, how we approach it, you know, structure, and it was fine, you know, and, and I like that, and, and it's very relational, and, and um, but then I, I, was, I was going to seminary part-time in the summers up at Regent College in Vancouver, British Columbia, and 
I took one course from a guy named Frank Tillapaw, who was, a, I think, a, a Baptist guy from Denver, and he'd written a book called Developing a Ministry Mindset in the Local Church. And it was just kind of a week-long course at the end of like a six-week session. And, and, and I almost didn't do it. I thought, oh, I'm just tired. I'm not going to skip this one. But I took it. And, and that's where I think God birthed in me the idea of what could happen in a local church and that a lot more can happen probably with a mix of ages and having people longer than in student ministry than more could happen there than probably in a campus group. And so that's when I think God first called me to, to church. Awesome. Awesome. And so you got started with that and uh, what kind of struggles or victories did you find in those early years? Are you talking about university or, or with, with the church, church plant, plant as you as you switched into you know church I, I think my a lot of the struggles were due to me. Um, I tended to shift vision in a major way about every four years, mm. and I think I wore the church out after a while. Um, but I, you know, there was so much being written and done, and you could go to seminars and how to plant churches, and I went to all of them and. Uh, we we started with the Willow Creek model. We were we were going to be believer worship and seeker worship, have two different styles, and we tried that. and And we did drama every week, and and we had a rock and suck 'em worship band, and you know, and I mean, it was you good. You led that one, right? Jay? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was there one. My hair was longer than one blue robot. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually had really good, good. Good music, good. I was blessed with excellent worship leaders all mm-hmm. throughout that. That that really made a huge difference. Um, but we quickly gave up on the idea of seeker worship versus um, believer worship, and we just had one service. And and um, and we we really built it around relational ministry. And but it was uh, a few years in when I came across this organization called Vantage Point Three. And they had developed this discipleship process that I started using. Lots of our churches in our denomination started using it back in the Midwest. And and it, um, that really was a joy to work with a, a group of people, a smaller group, you know, maybe 10 to 20 people at the most. I would take through this process each year and, and, and watch them um, figure out their relationship with the Lord and and they would write their personal narrative and they they'd think about uh, what it means to have an impact on another, on another person and it was all very relational and um, that's I really discovered that's what I'm best at is working with people and helping them build relationships with folks and bless other people and I don't remember what your question was but that was uh, just about early successes and early um Failures or struggles. So. Oh, there were there were a lot of struggles. I, it, you know, it's funny though. You tend to forget those. I, but yeah, we really because I remember everyone. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, we we hit we hit the financial struggles and had to cut salaries and we hit mm. we we did a lot of building. We you know we built a, our initial building and then built a, an addition and that was exciting. But it I. I ended up doing a lot of building management, which not my strength. Um, kind of took me away from relational ministry too much at times, and 
Um, luckily, the church, I had some very excellent leaders, and they're very wise, and they, they, uh, they tended to build a staff team around my weaknesses, which was very good. That's great. So I, I could do more of the things I was good at, and other folks that actually could organize and administrate and do things were doing that well. And um, So am I, am I hearing right? You... They saw in you what was a struggle, and they mm-hmm. came around you to yep. help you on that. Yep. It wasn't a struggle. It was a weakness. <laughs> okay. He didn't have struggles. He just had weaknesses. Yeah. Oh, that's, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the timeline? <laughs> it, what, what kind of... You got this kind of hunch, you know, or this call from God, you know, to do church mm-hmm. ministry... Um, kind of what timeline are we talking about? What was that transition from InterVarsity to uh, that was a church? So I was on staff with InterVarsity from 78 to 89. And then... That was right when David and I were born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I, in that time. I bet he loved hearing that. <laughs> it's no, true, actually, though. That's fine. It's I like true. That. Um. So then I was, I, I, I neglected to say, I was an, an associate pastor for a couple of years then okay. after that, and then I got this chance. I wasn't a, and I'm still not, I don't think, um, uh, what would just typical, I don't want to say typical, because that makes it sound like I'm special, which you already said I was special. But You are very special. But I wasn't the, the maybe the ideal, that's a way to say it, ideal church planter. I didn't really go into it because I, I really had this desire to plant a church. I, I thought I wanted to get to a certain kind of church where people were involved in relational ministry, and I thought the best way to get there was to start a church. That's why I got into church planting. Sure. Um, so you're not, you wouldn't classify yourself necessarily as like really apostolic or, you know, real evangelical or... You know, I... Big personality. I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. Probably not. You you definitely it sounds like didn't want to come into an existing ship and try to steer that. Well, see that's what I saw as a lot because I I'd been then in ministry long enough and as a as an university staff person, um, it was interesting because I I had churches that supported me. I raised my own support, and I became sort of a, 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 um, a confidant of a lot of these pastors. I was someone they could talk to. I wasn't in their denomination. I wasn't a fellow pastor, wasn't in their church, but I was in ministry. So I would hear a lot of the stuff and I'd think, oh man, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. And and particularly turning a church, you right. know, and, and that seemed a lot harder. And I think it is. I, I think that's harder than planting a church. It's it's tricky. I mean, that's that's kind of uh well, that's more my situation. You've been at your church long enough. They'd probably go with you. Yeah, nobody goes with me. <laughs> my wife goes with me. That's about it. But there's some legal things there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you then and you planted the church in Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, seventeen years we were there. Seventeen years yep, you were yep. there, and that 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 that's some time. Yeah, it was really a great experience. Yeah, it's where we raised our sons, and, and um, it just worked with a lot of really, really excellent people, and, and saw God do some really cool things. So it was a, it was a great experience. So then, tell us about uh, this shift, because around 
2010 or so, mm-hmm. you decided to come out here to Portland and plant a church. And I, I mean, that's a big change. Yeah. I have to imagine going from the Midwest where churches, you know, you don't want to stereotype, but they thrive a lot more than they do in this area mm-hmm. in general. And your church, it sounds like had its struggles, but was thriving pretty well. And then you decided to come out here. So what brought about that um, call, that change in mm-hmm. life? Yeah, I was I was enjoying, as I said, this this Vantage Point Three process. It's the the, the first year is called the journey, um, and I was enjoying that so much. And and uh, and I was struggling with a lot of the administrative stuff, and and um, just wasn't as natural to me. And and I just was feeling. I think God was just had given me a sense of discontent, which I couldn't. And I felt bad about. I felt guilty about. Like why you know these. My church is, you know, I love my church. I love these people. Why am I, you know, why do I feel this way? And I think actually my wife, Barb, had felt it before, not with the church so much, but with her own work. And and she's a professor of nursing and she was ready for a change. And um, we knew Portland because her family is all out here. So we'd been coming out here for 30 years vacationing. And, you know, so we'd spent a lot of time out here and we knew Portland and um, we were out visiting summer 2009, and I actually I was not thinking about starting a church. wasn't thinking about moving. I was actually sitting in a in a truck in a Home Depot parking lot in Gresham, and I think it was God who just spoke in my brain and said, "Why don't you start a church based on the three questions?" Hmm. And that was just so out of the blue that I suspected right away that that could have been God. But I wasn't sure, and, and I tested that with Barb, and then later tested it with other people I knew. And the three questions are the, uh, who am I, or who is God, who am I, what does God want to do through me? Mm. And that's kind of the questions that this process is built around. And it's not unique to this process. It's John Calvin asked the same three questions. I mean, there lots of people have used those. But... That struck me that, you know, you, you love, I love doing this sort of relational discipling work. Why not build a church around that? Whereas I think what I was doing was trying to build a church with a big funnel, worship, you know, and, and let people come into that and then gradually get them into discipleship, um, which is a pretty typical you know, I think church pattern and and, and has worked in a lot of places and yeah. still works. Um, but what I was feeling was start with discipleship and and go out from there. And and so that intrigued me, of course. And and uh, um, and then I just as I talked with people and and, and it became more and more clear. And, and but it wasn't totally clear. I wasn't clear where this was supposed to be. In fact, I, I talked to one person that I trust. And he said, well, why do you think this is in Portland? And I said, well, I was in Portland at the time, and I, <laughs> that's just what I thought. You know? And he said, well, did, well what, he, what he said first was, what did God say and what didn't he say? And I thought that was very helpful. Um, because those, he, are, he, those are the two questions. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't huh. say Portland. Yeah, And I thought, true. oh, that's true. <laughs> I just assumed that. Sure. So Barb and I talked about that and prayed about that, and... and and she was applying then because we had decided, well, we're going to move, uh-huh. you know. And, and it wasn't until the next February, 
Well, it was really, it was in December that I told my leaders. Okay. Um, this was in August when I first, you know, heard this voice. And in December, I talked to some people, but then I told my leadership. And then I let them decide when we tell the church. And that became in February. Um, but as soon as I told my leaders, I knew, well, it's done. You know, once you say this. That mm. Yeah, once I'm, it's out there, it's done. It's you know, well I, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Um, how, but, did they, how did they take that? You know, I... I really stressed to them, and when I when I told the church, it was it was interesting because we were preaching in in um, uh, sorry Moses at the time, and and it they had picked the Sunday, and it just worked out that that Sunday as I was going through the story was the burning bush. Uh-huh. So at the end of the message, yeah. really after I prayed, and you know I, I then I stopped and I said, now I've had a burning bush experience, um, and. And I, I really told them that, I, you know, I have no interest in going to another church and just, you know, applying for another pastor job somewhere. But I, you know, I, why would I leave this church? I mean, that's what, I, that was my, you know, message to them. What, you know, I, I love this church and I love this, you know, I love the ministry we're doing. And, yeah. But God has told me, and, and Barb and I have prayed this through, and now we've talked with the, you know, with the elders and we've, we prayed it through and, and they agree that this is God's call, and, and so he's calling us to do something different. We're not even quite sure what it is, but um, so here we go. You wow. Know, and, and I, you know, and that's, it's funny, because I, I, I used to have nightmares. Um, I don't know if you, you, you guys never have nightmares, so, but I used oh, to have never. Them. I sleep very well all the time, forever. I've had, a, in a couple of categories, <laughs> one is, one is, for some reason, and the, the, you know, I I married the wrong woman, and in my nightmare, I'm married to this other person, and I'm thinking, and Barb's over here carrying on her life, and I'm thinking, what the heck? Why? What? What happened? I I'm supposed to be married to Barb. What's going on? And the other one was, I told my church I'm going to move and go to a different place and leave, and I'm thinking, why would I say that? I don't want to go anywhere. This is great, you know. And so, it, so for me to to do that was, you know, I, I still am. I still wonder about that sometimes. Well, how 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 did I ever do that? How did As we do that? You've never actually lived out your other nightmare. I, I hope no. This is live. <laughs> Unless remember. It's, are we? Yeah, I don't know if we're awake now, but <laughs> but for some reason I was talking about that. Now I can't think of what where I was going. No. The, um, <laughs> yeah, I I've always been captivated by your story, Jay. Where because you had no reason to leave, you were quite content. You were you were living the American dream. Like you you lived in Iowa. I mean, where else would anybody want to live, right? It's a beautiful um, place. Yeah, you had it all. You had you know mm-hmm. you you planted a church that had grown and become you know very sustainable and successful. You know for. I don't know, kind of all basis of conversation, you know, or, um, and you had everything going for you there. There's no reason to leave. And yet there's this discontent that you found. I mean, you lived a life there, 17 years, mm-hmm. less than the 10 in intervarsity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a lifetime essentially. And, and you bring in Moses like Moses was 
felt like the same way. You know, he's 80 when God calls him, and he's like, no, I, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm quite content. I'm quite happy to be where I am. Why would I leave? I'm beyond the age of big steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you had that experience, um, that, that nightmare came true for you, you know, mm-hmm. where, um, you are now leaving the church that you planted, um, hard, I imagine like that to leave something that you started mm-hmm. or you were instrumental yeah. in starting, um, is really, I could only imagine how difficult that would be. What was that transition like? You know, what, how did Portland become the place? Um, and what was that, that mm-hmm. leave and that transition? How did that all come about? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. God is really good, you know. I mean, he, he obviously, he knows right when to come in and give you, give confirmation. And that was, you know, there's so many times, and I've written about them in my journal over the years, but where just when I, I'd just be in a panic, you know, oh, God, what, what are we doing? And then something would happen, you know, that just some indication that, oh, okay, all right. Um, one of the things was we didn't, you know, as I said, we didn't know for sure Portland. So we decided, all right, God, if you're not making that clear, let's, let's let Barb's call, her vocational call, mm. lead. So she was applying. So she was applying. I mean, she applied at a college in Spokane and <laughs> in, in, I think, Seattle area and, and, and um, out at Newburgh. What's that, Newark? Yeah. George, George Fox. Yeah. And she got an offer at George Fox, and she got an offer at the University of Portland. And I'm, she was really, I mean, George Fox was pretty interesting. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, but they've, there are more churches there. You know, that's, that's more, or, you know, at least per, it's more of a church capita, culture per, there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, but hey, this is, if, if God wants us there, then there must be some reason. And, and then she sort of shifted near the, as a couple of weeks went by and, and shifted all the way over to University of Portland here in North Portland. And that was, so that was interesting. And um, so that's kind of how we ended up here. And, and um, yeah. But it was, when it came down to actually making the move, that was very hard. That was a gut-wrenching. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You can't, you can't undo that very easily. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, financial stuff and you sell your house. I mean, you're, you're done Mm -hmm. (laughs) at that point. So tell us then you get here, Mm -hmm. you plant this church journey three here and tell us about those early years. Cause we've, we've had, uh, or are going to have other church planters on and there are some hurdles planting Mm -hmm. a church in this area. Yeah. I, you know, and, and God, God doesn't do anything. That that's He doesn't do things twice in some ways, or doesn't do things the same way. You know, he, he that's where I you know going to seminars and how to plant a church. There's information that's good to to get, but it's not going to go that way. You know, I mean, he and I would like it to. I mean, if I had if I was like Moses and I had the burning bush happen to me, I would start a video series on how to get your own burning bush 
experience oh, yeah. and, and a 30 day, 30 days to a burning bush that you could take your church through and there'd be burning bush songs and uh-huh. burning bush lapel pins. And, you know, but God doesn't do that. I mean, he did the burning bush for Moses, but that nobody else. You, you need to have also a hat that's, that's like Ooh. tumbleweed. There's, cool. there's all kinds of, uh, clothing. Yeah. I, I think actually it would work. I'm sure it would work. <laughs> we can sell it, but, what was your question again? Uh, so you, you, you start this thing and you, oh, yeah, yeah. you would normally do what you did before, but... Um. Yeah, it, it took a while for us to get even in the neighborhood. We were living out in Gresham for a while because okay. we thought we had a house here, but then our house deal, um, we didn't get our house sold in Iowa and our the, the deal we had here was contingent on us selling that house. Well, that fell through. And so we rented out in Gresham for a couple months and and, um, and then we were here and in what you know how do you even meet people and connect with people and and right. I, I i volunteered um to do some intervarsity staff work at portland state um and that was a good experience and actually there's still one person in our church now that i met through that experience and and uh um but so i just i tried i just started volunteering and and actually barb was teaching um community health here at the University of Portland. So she was in the community and taking nursing students out. So I w- would tag along with her. And, and I got connected with the Village Market over in New Columbia through that. And I I volunteered there several years, just till about, really about a year ago. Um, so that, that was just a way to, I, I just decided I just need to engage in people and, and, uh, and just see what God does. And that's been my strategy. It's, it's, you know, it's slow, and, and, but in a place like, I think, North Portland, um, you know, there are places you can go where people are looking for a church, yeah. where lots of people are looking for a church, and that's where we tend to target, because mm-hmm. it, well, it just makes sense, you know? People are looking, this suburb's springing up, you know, by the city, and there's lots of people moving in who are looking for a church, well, why not put a church there? You put up a sign in the in your yeah. yard, and you, you do some good marketing, and you have a nice place to meet, and a few basic quality programs. You got something for the kids, and good worship, and you know. And again, like to quote Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's those are people, you know, and they need fellowship and and um, need to be challenged in discipleship. But but a place like North Portland, um, at least, it, and I don't. At least in my white culture, um, sure. folks are not generally looking for a church. Mm. And you can have really good music. Oh, they've got better music right in the pub down the street, to tell you the truth. And yeah. you can have really good teaching. Well, they've got some very fascinating lectures going on over here. And so it's... it's and you could have some very, very good community, but they've got oh, yeah. great community at the pub they down the street. They've got like a great group that they... Yeah. Their bicycle group, you know, is, right. is really strong. And, and yeah. Yeah. So so to me, at first that's well, that's kind of hard, but then you know what? It, this is kind of exciting because if this if you connect with people, if if you find people open to the Lord, that's probably God doing that. Um mm. and you know, it 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 takes away for me, it it stripped church of a lot of the things that I'm not very good at. <laughs> so, uh, so that was kind of nice. 
yeah. you know, it's I, I I just have to talk to people and and connect with people and um, and I think both Barb and I. That's one thing God has given us is is for some reason people trust us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they shouldn't, but they they should trust Barb. I should say that. <laughs> but I mean, she'll be in a store and and she'll have people come up to her and ask her advice she doesn't know about what to buy or should they do this or do that or or life decisions she's had people you know just talk to her out of the blue and and um anyway well no that's great does do they ever ask like what are you doing with this ogre ogre yeah do they? <laughs> i'm usually not with her that's when they come uh, up to her yeah sure um <laughs> so uh i i love what you just said about how if if something good happens, it's probably God doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're finding that, uh, that the work isn't necessarily from your efforts, but that, that God is doing work through you and that that's coming about. So, um, you said something to me a couple of years ago. Um, I hope I'm getting this right. But you said, I'm seeing God do as much in my small church of 10 as I did in my church of 175 in Iowa. Am I getting that pretty close? Well, I remember you saying something. Yeah, I I think that's, it's probably, and again, this is very relational. It's the people that I related to really in my larger church. I mean, I could only relate, you know, very much to a group of maybe 20 or so, okay. you know, that I was working with my leaders. And um, so I think God was, you know, doing things obviously with other people. And, and, but it's sort of like I had the preaching relationship with a larger group. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I was directly tuned in with, uh, with a smaller group. And, um, I don't know if that's what I meant or could okay. be. I was just, so how are you then confused. finding ministry here? Uh, seven, eight years later, you know, it, it's it's been a struggle. <laughs> you know, it, 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 and I mean, there, there. I, I no longer uh, wake up in the night unable to sleep with anxiety over mm. it. Mm. That, and I used to first few years. I mean, this we're going on what eight years here now. Um, because I, I still, even though I knew this was going to be different, there are a couple of things that I, I knew in coming out, I, and I think God told these to me. One is this is going to be very different, and the other is this is going to be hard. And I feel like um, that's helped me a lot because I feel like And I don't want to. I don't want this to sound uh, wrong, but I feel like he's called me to do something maybe that certainly I couldn't have done hmm. in my youth. I think there are other people that could, but I I wasn't ready for it. I needed more support. I needed more kudos. I needed more, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And and now affirmation. I I I feel like I can go more. I can. I can be out on my own more and, and not have, you know, if I don't hear or if I don't see uh, um, how I'm 
connecting with this thriving congregation quite so much. I, I can still press on. Um, so I, I don't know, it, you know, I'm kind of running at the mouth here, but I, I, there, there's, there's something in that, I might have shared this with you, David, that, um, that lately I've been thinking, um, and that's this, I, I have this theory that God calls us sometimes, and he says, I want you to go do A. So you think, okay, that's a big, that's a big thing. A is a big thing. Um, but I, okay, all right, I'm ready to go do A. So you go, and you really go after A, and then you get to where you're going to do A, and, you're, and it doesn't go. And I mean, it's just, it's just hard. It's just like A is not happening. And you're thinking, what? What's going on? And so you're looking because A is not going and you got some time, you know, so, well, B is over here. Okay, I'm going to do a little bit with B, you know, just because I've got this time and I need something to kind of keep me going. So you're doing B while you're still working on A and B, and B is something you never would have thought of doing. Sure. But B is kind of happening. And you begin to see, huh, I never thought I would enjoy B. Hmm, that's interesting. Huh. So, you, so you're doing B and B, and then finally it dawns in you, well, maybe God just said A to get me there because I never would have done B. Uh. And now I'm doing B. And I, okay, God, I get it. I get it. You're pretty tricky. So then, all right. All right, I'm all in. I, I'm doing B. And God says, you know, that's really good. I'm glad. Yeah. And then he says, now about A. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's, I kind of feel like that's where I'm right now. Because I, coming, you know, Journey 3 is, is a small little congregation. We meet at Rivergate Church. Yeah. Um, and we have this wonderful partnership with, with Pastor Karen and her sister Sandy. And, and also with Bethesda Church that's there at Rivergate. And, um, we do things together, you know, the meal for the hungry, and and so that's really cool. And then I'm working with all one community services, and, and in particular, I'm working with Linda Joe with you know the community of hope, and meet with her every week, and that is just that is so thrilling. And then a lot of my you know Barb and I are much more connected together in ministry than we were before, mm-hmm. and, and um, she has you know she's just doing her thing and teaching students and working at the university and I'm able to support her and, and she is very involved with Journey 3. So that's really cool. And I just picture, you know, I'm really doing like four things instead of one big thing. But now, just lately, Journey 3 has kind of picked up a bit and, you know, I've wow. got some new folks coming and it's really surprising, you know, to me and I'm not sure what God's up to with that. But huh. um interesting jay something you you shared with me in years past um is this kind of perspective shift from doing ministry and in the context that you have been you know or specifically in north portland last the last while nearing a decade now but um when you were younger and of course having kind of your own success as a church planter um you always just assumed that smaller churches or churches were not growing mm-hmm. was because the pastor was just lazy. <laughs> I remember that word ah. specifically, <laughs> just that laziness and, mm-hmm. and that shift for you. Yeah. Um, you know, sp- speak to that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, God has reminded me of that <laughs> fairly often. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I think uh, um, it's interesting what, you know, what becomes a small church, what becomes a big church, what, you know, depends where you are. I, I you know, when we started our church, we started, you know, with about 60 people from, you know, a couple of the other churches church in our in denomination Iowa. and, and, you know, I remember getting to 100 and all oh, that. Boy, if we could just get to 100, you know, and then if we could just get to two services and then if we could just get over 200 in worship and, you know, it, it's like we never were quite yeah. content or I wasn't, you know. And, and um, yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've talked with a lot of my friends who are pastors, some back in Iowa and elsewhere, and, 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 I, and I talk about you two guys and, and other pastors here in North Portland and I said, you know, the, the the quality of leadership in these churches in North Portland is is to me amazing, you know, and, and what God is doing and how God, um, the way God works through through relationships, you know, I, I think that's 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 the key, you know. And again, it doesn't, you know, I think God does call some churches to be big. I think yeah, he, sure. he yeah, uses yeah. church. God, he does whatever he wants, and, and there are some churches. That he wants to be big for particular reasons, yeah. But there's something about a church where people know each other, and and where people, you know, where the, the edges of the church, where no one is coming, just thinking, well, they're all doing the ministry, and I'm just here to support and give my offering and and say a prayer for the pastor. Um, no, it's, it's clear. It's where it, we are doing the ministry. And, and it's about, it, it's empowering too for people to, to know that their friendships are what the kingdom is all about. You know, that's, that's just so cool. You know, it's, it's, that's so much more important than, than me getting my sermon exactly right this Sunday. Sure. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> There's this draw, um, of course, that we have towards society, the culture that we live in to, to grow big. And I think of it in the business world too, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, one, oh, one example I can think of recently is Jim and Patty's coffee shop. Um, Jim and Patty's, they have a, f- a few locations now, but, um, they, they started years and years ago. And they started Coffee People. And Coffee People became a corporate brand and became big, at least in the Northwest. Um, And uh, it became so big that Starbucks came in and and bought Coffee People. They're like, Mm -hmm. rather than competing with Coffee People, let's just buy our competition. And so Jim and Patty, they grew this you know, this coffee franchise, um, you know, to a, to a point where Starbucks bought it up. And we look at that as being successful. Um, but knowing the rest of their story, um, you know, they, they spent some time down in Texas and then they came back and, um, you know, decided to do their hand at small business again, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. try to barbecue place and, um, just economically, just to the and at the time, it, it didn't work out. Um, but following that, they started Jim and Patty's over on 50th and or 40th and Fremont. And at the end of the day, 
it's Jim and Patty making coffee cake and mm-hmm. serving coffee, you know, <laughs> and yeah. it's not this big franchise anymore, yeah. Yeah. but they're doing what they're good at. Yeah. And, um, and they, and they love that. You know, I, I think the, the key is to let, you know, you know, I, what, what's the, the title of your blog area? I mean, your podcast again, unsuccess, unsuccess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think of that as, Irrelevance, yeah, because that's a hmm. uh, um, interesting. In, in the in the the process, this journey process that we do, um, one of the books we read is is Henry Nouwen's in, in Jesus, Jesus Name, yeah, and he talks about the you know the movement from relevance to irrelevance, and it's not a choice we make. You know, I don't think it was probably a choice they made, right? But it's God. You know, God leads you. Um, I think as you. As I think there's a lot of the process of growing in competency in your life and in ministry, and, and then and then at some point he takes you more into irrelevance, what seems yeah. to be irrelevance, um, because he wants you. There, there are a lot of people that are that's what that's their experience of life. In fact, maybe everybody, mm. and they cannot re- relate to a relevant, successful yeah. <laughs> picture of ministry. They need to know. That Jesus is meets them, and, and, and if you know the now and you know his yeah. story, I mean that's really Barb and I talk about that often. That you know he came from you know high academia, and, yeah. you know, professorship, and you know and, and to working with with many mentally handicapped yeah. people and who wanted to know if he was going to be home at night. You know that was that that was something, and I think that was a real struggle for him, and it was a struggle for for me. You know, not I don't have my staff team i don't have my you know um leadership group and and but but i guess what i'm saying is 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 i don't think just choosing irrelevance is key but choosing the god who leads us into irrelevance i mean Mm. he he will do that and uh, am i willing when he does yeah you know because i think he chose me to to lead my former church and right. to do that very differently than this one. I think he was just as much in that as he is in this. Jay, you said something a little bit ago that um, kind of with this, is you said, you know, to, like right now, because of maybe the life that you've lived, that that you're not needing the affirmation or that, that, con- that success, you know, mm-hmm. just maybe for your own ego or um, kind of self-esteem. And and that that's what I I kind of think and I wonder a little bit with that relevancy. You know, like when we're younger, we need to be relevant. Like I, maybe it's ego related, you know. But I I can get really depressed really easily if I'm not getting affirmed in what mm-hmm. I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm selling a product, if you know, mm-hmm. and if people aren't buying it, then that becomes a reflection on me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, why don't you like me? Like, I'm, is the, the product that I have, you know, what's, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, but what's wrong with me because you're not buying mm-hmm. this product. But I think as we get, to, as we dig into our relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, as we get to that point, like, and then God can bring us to that, that place of being irrelevant mm-hmm. of, um, you know, uh, of being in a, I don't know, seemingly in, in a desert at, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I I've been drawn to for years. Henry Nowen has been one, you know, like 
Jay, since I've met you, you know, being attracted to, um, to this, that, that contentment, that very mm-hmm. much that idea that's saying, man, Jay's church is not bursting at the seams, but he's, he's okay with that, that, you know, and there's this depth, um, depth to Jay, this wisdom that he has, um, that I want that Eugene Peterson is another person who stands in my mind, you know, who, um, somebody who kind of walked away from, mm-hmm. you know, a lot mm-hmm. of that success to go on to other things. Um, but there's this deep contentment, like, man, can I have that in my thirties? And, um, and I, I don't know if we, I don't know if we, we can may, maybe, um, but I, I, I appreciate what you said, you know, being open and that's something that God's going to do to us and will do to us, um, you know, but rather than kind of pursuing the irrelevancy or rather than, you know, pursuing after the unsuccess, mm-hmm. um, you know, really pursuing full-heartedly after God mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being okay with our relationship with him and having our, our confidence mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Well, as we're wrapping up here, uh, I ask this question to a lot of people, but um, ministry in the Northwest, ministry in North Portland is uh, strange. It's different, and it uh, it looks different for ministry or vocation or whatever. It looks different for many uh, different sorts of people, but um, what... What do you see as the future of ministry in North Portland? Or have you thought about that before? I think, you know, I think you two are are in that vein. I, I, I really look to you, and this is where I think God gives you probably a, a, a longer sight than I have. You know, I, I, think, I think he's, you two are two of the visionaries here. Um, and I, I, I tend to listen to you and... and that that's where I get it. You know, I, I, I really feel like I'm I'm doing these, you know, leading this group to do relational ministry and I, I guess I think it's it the future has a lot to do with the collaboration between churches like in all one because yeah. um that's where I get it. I come and I, I meet with with the other leaders and pastors and I hear what's going on and what God has laid on people's hearts and I think, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's huh. Well, that that's probably something that's something we couldn't do our little group alone, but we could help, you know, with this whole f- movement to do that. Whether it's working with foster kids or working with the homeless or you know some of the things the the warming shelter or whatever we're doing, you know, I think it's it's I think the future is these churches working together. Um, yeah. It's interesting because uh, like ministry and vocation is is so so broad and i know that um whenever we come together as leaders or as just people who are doing uh ministry in whatever way i'm always taken by the direction that other people are going whether it's um uh, kelly's church having a community garden or whether it's um Jules and Andy's church doing, uh, mm-hmm. building projects or whether it's, uh, um, uh, Josh's, uh, Josh Duncan's church and, and 
um, others getting behind Community of Hope. There's there are so many things, and everyone's kind of found a niche. But when when we all come together, you really see the breadth of what God is doing here, mm-hmm. and um, it it can make it daunting, but it can also uh, it can also be so great because on those days or those times where I think, well, well, crap, like we're trying and nothing's getting done mm-hmm. <laughs> or God's doing so little. I, I see just how much God is doing here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this, this is a, this is a moment in, in salvation history. This mm-hmm. is a moment uh, where God is, God is working through his people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. I, I just was listening this morning to a, a talk by Dallas Willard and about yeah. faith, and he says that uh, faith is a vision of the other world. And that's, you know, I just think we, we get little glimpses, you know, here in North Portland of what God is doing. It's what he's already stirring and how he's wanting to stir us, you know, and, and that's, so, you know, I, I think we've got some of those glimpses and we're working on those, but he'll he'll probably show us some other things he's doing in the other world. That Right. Well, wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have had you on here uh, to hear your uh, wisdom, your story. I hope that your story has um, touched many people. I think you've... Um, uh, you inspire me because you've done... Uh, you've done ministry in a lot of different forms and your, while it hasn't always been easy, your intent always seems to be faithfulness and following God's leading. And that inspires me a lot. So, yeah. Faithfulness and obedience. That's what it's about. And in relationship, it, mm-hmm. it's been interesting. A lot of people we talk about that mm-hmm. it comes back down to, to those relationships yeah. and relationships yeah. are strong or are stronger um, kind of over the course of time, you know, they, that mm-hmm. trust is built. And um, so mm-hmm. thank you, Jay, for thank you, brothers. sharing. It's great. Yep. It's a privilege. Yep. Well, you can find uh, us online. We'd love to hear feedback. Uh, find Josh or myself or Jay on line on uh, Facebook to you. Do you have a website, Journey3? Yeah, journey3.org. Journey3.org. Find out about what uh, Jay's Church is doing there. And um, for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. We will see you next time.